me just start with a, just a, let me pray. Father, I thank you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you today, God, for, for the, the table that's set before us today. Thank you for the church. Thank you, God, that even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of, of confusion, in the midst of great, amazing things, and in the midst of, of uh, things that we're not sure what to do, we know that you are here. You're working. Even when we don't see you, you're working. Even when we don't feel you, feel that you're working. You're working. And so, God, thank you today. Lord, let the word of God, let the scriptures and the thoughts that, that, that we bring today, let them find good soil in the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, everybody finds themselves, I do, and I'm sure everybody finds themselves stuck at times in life. We feel stuck. We feel powerless to, to get through or to move out of a situation. To, we feel stuck. We feel like we're in, 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 in quicksand or whatever. We're just stuck. And maybe we want to move, but we don't know how to move. We're not sure what to do. We're waiting for something to change, something to turn. And we have to be very careful when we're in those situations because if we're not careful, we can adopt a mindset, a mentality, a way of speaking that goes something like this. One of these days, God is going to do something. One of these days, God is going to move. One of these days, things are going to change. Because I want you to know that God has already done what he's going to do. If we take an, an attitude and a mindset like that, here's what happens. We begin to, to just sit back. I'm just waiting. And see, I know there's a place to wait on the Lord. But there's things that we're supposed to do in the process. One of these days, God is going to do something to save my family, to save my friends. One of these days, God is going to heal my body, is going to heal my family. One of these days, it's all up to God. You know, it's easy. It's easy for that to come on us because I feel stuck. If I knew what to do, I would do something. But the truth is, God tells us in his word what to do, whether we feel like it or not, whether we, we think that this will make a difference in the situation or not. He tells us what to do. And there's lots and lots of things that we can do. But to have a mindset that, that basically says it's all up to God, that, that it's all dependent on God doing something. Here's what happens. We can basically get to the point where if we, because we're waiting, there's a lot of people that are going to miss heaven. Did you hear me? If we live with that mindset, oh God, one of these days you're going to save my family. One of these days you're going to, no, I'm not talking about being a rude, dork, kicking in, ugly, nasty person that goes, you need to give a heart to Jesus, you're going to go to hell. I'm not talking about that. Yeah, some of you don't want to laugh because maybe you've seen that or had that happen in your life. But the thing is, is for us to live with that, it's up to God, it's all up to God mindset. Here's what's going to happen. There's people that are going to miss heaven. There's people that are going to live sick. There's people that are going to live in poverty. There's people, and we're some of those people. If we adopt that mindset and that mentality, because actually God has done everything that he's going to do. And now he's told us what to do. He's told, see, and some of you are going, I, I don't get it. I, I thought we were waiting on God to move. God's waiting on us to move. And see, I like it when I'm waiting on God to move because I can just sit back and watch TV and sip iced tea and, you know, kind of lay low. And I'm going to sleep in today and sleep in tomorrow. And, you know, listen, when God moves, I'm ready. When God moves, I'm ready. God has done everything he's going to do. Now, the thing is, is he set things in motion. 
But sometimes because we don't get up and do what it is that he's called us to do, things don't change. So, and you know what? Nobody likes this kind of stuff because it's like, are you saying that it's depending on me? Kind of. Kind of. Let me give you some thoughts. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. This is the New Living Translation. Let me just read this. If you declare, he tells us what to do to get saved. He tells us what to tell others, what our family, to do to get saved. Now, the thing is, is they have to do it. But if they don't even know what to do, here's the problem. They can't do it. So here's what it says. If you declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you might be saved. You might make it. You might just get the lottery ticket that brings you in. No, he says, you will be saved. You will be. Not like, well, you know, it's a good chance. Let me read it again. If you openly declare, let me openly declare to you today, Jesus is the Lord of my life. I have asked him to forgive my sin. He has forgiven me. He has given me a new heart. I believe that God raised him. And I'm not just saying that. I believe this. And for me to say I believe this, you know what it does? Not just saying it. The reason I can say it is because it's changed the way I live. It changes. What we say we believe changes the way we live if we really believe it. If I told you there was a tiger out the front door and you said, oh, I'm not going out that front door. And then as soon as I turn my back, you're out that front door. You know what's going to happen? You're going to get some claws on you if there's really a tiger out there. If we really believe what God says, then here's the thing. God doesn't have to do anything else. We just have to do what he told us to do, and we fall into the promises of God that begin to work in our life, and it's not a once-off. Okay, so basically, if you confess with your mouth or you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. You will be saved. Oh, I just don't know how, how they're going to get saved. We have to help them understand. I'm okay. That's one. Then another one here. Here's James 5, verse 16. 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sin to each other and pray for each other. So that, wait, 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 so that, you mean there's a contingency that I have to do something? So that you may be healed, so that you can be healed. Now, here's the deal. Oh, that just sounds too easy, so don't do it. So just don't do it then. Remember Naaman? We talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Go dip in that nasty, that nasty river, the Jordan. Go, uh, what, what, uh, 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 that's what we do. That just sounds way too easy. Then don't do it. See, the thing is, is we're waiting on God to do something. We're waiting on the magical power, the, the, the swinging chicken to come down over our lives, and, and we feel the power come in. But you know what God says? Here, you want to be healed? Here's one thing we have to do. He says, confess your sins. Now, here's the deal. I wouldn't just walk up to some stranger. I would walk up to a brother, a mentor, a friend, if I needed to talk about something that's going on in my life that I need God to heal me, because he says, confess your sin." your sins uh, to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So the thing is, is so I'm, wait, I'm waiting on God. He's saying, as soon as you speak up and pray and do what I ask you to do, we, we start the process. That's one way. talks about, you know, having, uh, uh, you know, anointed with oil. That's another way, another thing. And see, some people say, well, which one? I say you do both. <laughs> I say we do it all. I say, if God tells me to take two steps and I take two steps and he says, and there's one more. Hey, I've already done these two. 
I'm waiting on God to do something, and he's waiting on me. And the thing is, is it's easy to get so comfortable sitting back and going, well, you know what, God, I, I, I give and I, I pray, uh, you know, I believe in you and, and all that. So what's going on, God? I believe that there's things he calls us to do. And we don't even have to go into a 21-day fast to find out what that is. We just open up the word and say, God, what do you say? Look in here, get a concordance, ask somebody, what does the Bible say about fixing my relationship? What does God say about fixing my, 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 my situation with uh, my money? What does he say? Well, let's look here. This is uh, James. Actually, let me read James 5.16 out of the message, the one we just read. He says, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. Now, see, we either believe that or we don't. We either are aware of that or we're not. And so for me to look at that and go, oh, that's cool, well, yeah, yeah. So what, what do I need to do? See, because I don't think this is just talking about uh, uh, physical healing. I think it's talking about relational healing. I think it's talking about emotional. It's talking about healing of our everything we are. It's talking about living whole and complete, living together, whole and healed. And then, of course, Luke 6, 37 38, it says, okay, it's very, he gives us a lot of things here, what we're to do. This is what we're to do, okay? So don't look at this like, oh, one of these days somebody needs to, this is for you. This is for me. This is for us today. He says, do not judge and you will not be judged. You ever felt judged? Well, what can I say? I have. And then I have to take some steps back and say, God, why am I feeling this way? And if I'm really honest, I can find in my heart to say, God, forgive me. Forgive me for judging, for looking at people's lives and saying, well, I don't know why they do that. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. They think they're a Christian. Why do they call themselves a Christian? I had a person stand right here at this altar years ago and tell me about their spouse saying, they're not even saved. I said, really? You know that because? Oh, you're judging them because they didn't live up to your standard. The standard that God calls us to live up to is his standard. It's not the standard of your spouse or your mother-in-law or your father-in-law. It's what God calls us to live up to. And so it's like, okay, God, so what am I supposed to do? Okay, let me just tell you. I, I'm waiting on you, God. I feel, so, I feel like people are judging me. Okay, don't judge. Let me read on. 37, uh, don't judge and you won't be judged. Don't condemn others and it will not come back on you. So let me reverse that. If I condemn other people, I'll have nothing to do with them. They're just blah, 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 blah. You know what? They're just, I just, I'm going I'm to post on Facebook. Let me tell you right now, Facebook is such a revealer. It's such a revealer. Here's the deal. I don't know those people. I don't know those people in Hollywood. I don't know them. And they don't, you don't really need to know my views of their life, the musicians and all. You don't need to know my view, but I'm going to put it down. So bottom line, what am I doing? I'm writing condemning words about them because I watched them and I saw them, whatever. I remember when Pastor Tim McDonald stood on this platform when he was doing his dad's memorial service. And I love what he said. He said, I've come to the point where I just want to be a, a retired judge. I don't want to judge anymore. Church, if we live with the judgmental attitude and the judgmental attitude, so, so God, I feel, I feel like, I'm, like I'm, I'm so judged, like people are judging me. Like, why can't it? Listen, 
Don't judge others and you won't be judged. Don't condemn others and, and it won't come back on you. Or if I do, if I do condemn others, you know what happens? I feel condemnation. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. I don't know why they won't forgive me. Did you forgive them? Well, I didn't do nothing to them. Did you forgive everyone? Well, that has nothing to do with them. If you'll forgive, I'm just telling you, we want to sit back and go, God, my life's a mess. My life is a mess, and I'm just waiting for you to do something. He's saying, I've done it all already. I've done it all already. Now I'm waiting for you to move. I'm waiting for you to step up and do. He goes on. He says, forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and, it will be, and you will receive. So bottom line, God, I'm, I'm not, and we've already received the offering, so I'm going to just preach this up just a little bit. God, I just feel like I have lack. I don't have what I'm supposed to have. God, you, you, you promised it. I'm, I'm going to be blessed coming, and I'm going to be blessed going. I'm going to be heading out the tail. I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to have, it's going to come in on every wave, okay? I believe that. God, oh, I'm going to sit back here, and I'm going to wait. And God says, Jesus says, give, and you will receive. Well, I gave once. I give every now and then. That's wonderful. I'm not knocking anything. But I'm just saying, for us to turn, for us to cause God to open the window. Let me read on. He says, uh, uh, your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, uh, to make room for more, running over, poured out into your lap. The amount that you give will determine the amount that you get back. God will open a window. I don't see any windows. He will put a window in. He will do whatever it takes to get a blessing to you if we don't just sit back and go, well, I'm just waiting for things to come my way. We got to get up and we got to go. We got to move forward. And of course, Malachi is actually, I'll just hit this quickly because I've already talked about it. This is actually, we talked about the window. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that, oh, there's a so that? So why am I doing this? Why am, why am I bringing my tithes? Why am I doing this? So that there may be food in my house. So that there will be food in my temple. He says, if you do. Everybody say, if you do. That's what he says. So there's a, if you do this, something else is going to happen. Ab. Absolutely. If you do, God says, oh, wait a minute, the Lord says, the Lord says, the Lord of uh, uh, heaven's army says, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. That's what he says. Try it. Put me to the test. In a sense, he's putting us to the test. But he says, you know, he's, I, I already know all the answers to this test. I already know how this comes out at the end. If you do this, I'll do this. You know, we, we, we get programs. I, I downloaded a program this past week, and I was uh, trying to set it up and trying to make it work. And so I'm going through, and I'm thinking, how does this thing even know how to work? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I know it knows how to work. But I'm thinking, why, I'm clicking, why, does it want, why do you want that answer? Because i got to do something. All right, well, here's my name. Oh, now they want more information. What do I? Oh, there's that information. Okay, what do you need the time for? I put the time in. What do you need this? What do you? Oh, now you need my this. Now you need. I put that in. I put. It's telling me to do something. And as soon as I get it in, ring, it works. Thing is, is I don't need to tell that program what it needs to do. It knows what to do. But you know what it needs to do before it's going to work for me? It needs me to do my part. It needs me to do what I'm supposed to do. You know what? I just want to download programs. Programs. I want them to work. I want them to call me by name. 
I want them to send me birthday cards. But I don't want to give it any information. It won't work. Now, here's the thing. God knows your name. He knows your birthday. He knows all that information. But you know what he says? He says, if you do, I will. He says, I will open the windows of heaven. If you do this, if you do what I tell you to do, this is the way it's going to work. I'm going to move on because I'm not preaching on tithing. I'm talking about us feeling like we're stuck. We get stuck in life and it's like, I'm just going to sit over here and wait. It's just a season. I'm in the desert season. You want to be there? Well, no, but I guess it's where I'm at. You know, we'll get to this other uh, verse in just a second. Uh, God says that the power of God is, it's the gospel that's the power of God to save the lost. So why aren't people getting saved? Wait a minute. They have to hear the gospel. So what, but, okay, can you come over and talk to my family, Pastor? No, can't do it. I could, but why you do it? My coworkers, man, they're just a bunch of heathen. They're not saved. They're, they're you know, I, I get it. I get it, man. I, I used to be right there beside them. Somebody told me the gospel of Christ, and it touched my heart, and I received him, and it changed my life. Well, can you come and talk to them? Nope. You do it. We want to de- designate responsibilities to other people because they're so much better at it than I am. You're so much better at it, Pastor, than me. You're, you don't get nervous. I My palms sweat, and I just got sweat dripping off of me when I have to speak up. You have to speak up. You have to speak up. It's not that bad. It's really not. You might discover some things about yourself. The story here in 2 Kings chapter 7, I'm going to read four verses. This is the New King James Version. Here's the truth before I read this. God is, we're not waiting on God really. We might think we are. And we might be waiting on God, but actually, God's waiting on us. I know nobody likes that. Dude, I had a long week. I don't need one more thing to do. I want the blessing of God. I just want to sit over here and wait for it to come. I want the windows of heaven to open and pour out into my life. It doesn't work like that. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1. Then Elisha. Elisha says, hear the word of the Lord. Now let me stop right there because the word of the Lord doesn't mean anything if you don't know a little bit of the background. In the chapter before, uh, the Syrian army had come. And you'll have to take time to read it all yourself because I can't go into all this. But the Syrian army had sieged Samaria in. And, you know, they, it was walled city. Samaria was, uh, Samaria was a walled city. So the Syrian or the Armenian army is known then. Uh, was They just decided, we're just going to come. We're not going to let any water, any food. We're not going to let anybody come and go. We're just going to sit here. And anybody that comes out, we're going to kill them. Uh, they're not going anywhere. Enjoy your last days in the city. In many ways, that's what the devil would love to tell you. Enjoy your last days in this faith that you have. If you think just sitting there and doing nothing is good enough because it's not. We have to keep moving. Now, God will love us if we starve ourselves. I'm just using this analogy. If we starve ourselves to death because we won't get up and go to the grocery store, God will lovingly pick up our emaciated body and bring us into heaven. But we don't have to go like that. We don't have to go like that. And so here's the the, uh, 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 Syrian army, and they've got uh, Samaria sieged in. There's nobody coming and going. And this goes on and on and on. And it says that they were so hungry that a, a, a donkey's head was, was sold for, I don't know, a bag of silver or something like that. And a cup of dove's poop. 
Who would eat that? You're pretty doggone hungry if you'll eat that. It says it was selling for whatever. People were looking for, and eventually they were eating their own children. They were, they were take time to read it for yourself. They, they, were, they were cannibalizing their own children. And so and this all happened because the enemy got mad because the word of the Lord was coming to the children of Israel. And he was telling them, this is what the Syrians are going to do. So the Syrian king is so angry. Are they, do they have a spy among us? Are they, how does he know what's being spoken in my own bedroom? I mean, there's nobody here. He knows my thoughts. He knows what's going on. And so God, through Elisha, was giving the children of Israel help. And so all this happens. And so they say, let's go down and let's siege Syria in. See, God will help you. God will help you. God will help you. And the enemy will maybe show up and put you in a situation where you feel sieged in. I, I can't go in. I can't go out. What am I supposed to do? I'm stuck here. And so there was actually a guy in this story, and let me just see if I can read this. Maybe I've got it. Maybe I don't know. There was a guy there, and when, when the word of the Lord came, and Elisha said, this time tomorrow, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a sea of fine flour will be sold for a shekel, a penny, and two seahs of barley for, for a shekel. At the gate of Samaria. Now, you have to take time to read back and forth, but there was a guy standing there, and he said, it'll never happen. That's ridiculous. That, tomorrow at this time? You mean these people that are eating their own children and eating uh, bird poop and, and everything? Tomorrow it's going to be different. They're gonna be, the gates are going to be open, and, and food's going to be flowing in here for like nothing? It will never happen. When we take that attitude, we get what we get. And this guy, he told, the, he spoke out. He says, it'll never happen. And Elisha said, it's going to happen, but it ain't going to happen for you. It ain't going to happen for you. And let me just say this before. When it did happen, it says that the crowd ran this guy over, trampled him to death. Now, why did that happen? Because he obviously fell down in shock and people ran over him going for the food. But let me just finish. So hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Tomorrow about this time, a sea of flour will, will be sold for a shekel and two shekel, uh, seas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? Why are we just going to sit here? What's, look, dude, you lost another finger. Man, we're falling apart here. I mean, they're just, they're, 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 they're leprous men. They have, in the natural, they have no hope of anything in the, as far as food and all because they go on. And this is what they say. Uh, if we say that we're going to enter the city, the famine is in the city. Well, I know they're not going to eat us. But the thing is, is there's nothing in there. If we go in the city, we're going to die. And then he says, uh, but if we just sit here, if we just sit here and do nothing, we're going to die. He goes on, he says, let us surrender. Now, come on, let's surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive or if they, don't, if, if we, they let us live, then we're going to live. But if they kill us, whatever, man, we're going to die anyway. Our only choice, our only option is to go out there, to get out of our comfort zone. Well, they weren't comfortable there. 
But to get out of our situation, we feel like there's nothing to do. Well, that's a stupid choice. Go out there to the enemy. Go face the enemy. They didn't know what to do. Now, they could have said, we're just going to sit here and wait for God to do something. Because you know what? That's dangerous out there. That's crazy. That's nuts. And so they get up. And they start walking toward the enemy camp. And you'll have to take time to read the rest for yourself. But it says that the Syrian army, which had them sieged in, they were in their tents and they were laying low and probably watching Netflix or whatever they were doing. They were just enjoying it, waiting for everybody in the... Like the devil's doing to us in many areas. He's waiting for us just to die because he knows he ain't going to do anything. You're just going to starve to death and I'm going to walk in and kick your corpse over and take everything you've got. Matter of fact, I'm taking everything you got right now. Your hope, your health, your kids. I'm taking everything. Don't do anything. Sit back and wait for God. Because God is going to do something. These men go out there. These four lepers, they go out there. And somehow God begins to cause the Syrian army to hear like a rumble, like chariots and horses. And, and, and they begin to look at each other. And they say, they've called other armies to come to their defense. They, and it says they got terrified. And they jumped up and they ran. They left their food. They left their tents. They left their horses. They left their gold. They left everything there. And they were headed for the hills. And so these four little lepers, they, they hobble in there. And they're looking. They're, Hello. Hello, hello, nobody here. They, can, they went and knocked on the tents, pulled the flaps back. Nobody in here looked around. And so they went and they found food, man. They found barbecue, carne asada, burritos on a platter. I mean, they just began eating and enjoying it. And they're thinking, dude, we've got it made. This is awesome. This is wonderful. Oh, man, what a good idea to come out here. This is great. And so they're enjoying it and they're beginning to put it together. They're getting bags of gold and bags of food and everything. And then the, one of the guys says, hey, man, this isn't right. What we're doing is not right, man. There's a whole city there starving to death. We need to go tell them. And I'm sure there was probably some conversation. You know what? You know how they've treated us. We're lepers. They're happy for us to be outside the city gates. They don't want nothing to... I'm sure there was... They, you know how they've hurt us. They don't deserve. But compassion prevailed. And they went back and they told the king. They told the city. They told the officials. And I'm sure it was probably hard for them to believe until they whipped out a burrito. Said, yeah, look at this. And it says the gates came open. And they, they, this says that they ran. They, they just, they, it was like they trampled the one guy that said it'll never happen. But you know what? I think if he would have checked his watch, God would say, time to go. <laughs> and he got trampled. Now, here's the thing. Those four guys could have sat there. Now, you can look at yourself as the people inside the city that are just, oh, my goodness. God's got to do something. Oh, God did something. God sent those four lepers. You know what I like to do? I like to uh, identify, liken myself as maybe one of those lepers feeling like I've got I can't go back I can't stay here I guess I gotta go forward it's scary going forward I'm not sure what I'm gonna find it might be the end of all things for me if I go forward but they did it anyway see for us to sit back and think I'm waiting on God we're not now there's a time that we wait on the Lord. And I know that. But that's not laying on our backs, eating bonbons and watching Netflix all day. I'm waiting on the Lord to do something. 
You know, we, we serve. We actively get involved. We do what we suppose. We pray. We, we, we speak the word. We do what we know to do. We, 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 we give the way he tells us. We forgive. We don't judge others. Uh, we, uh, we do the things. We openly declare our faith. I trust the Lord. I'm believing God's going to do an amazing. He's already in the process. And, and you know what? And then what happens is we, we, we stay in faith. Because faith is not static. Faith is moving forward. Faith is always in action. It's doing something. It's doing something. These guys didn't know what they were walking into, but they walked into a literal miracle. And they shared the miracle with others. See, there's people that don't have faith, and they're waiting on us to make a move. One more verse here. Actually, this is uh, Exodus Chapter 14, now just kind of, this is where the children of Israel, where they had come out of Egypt and they were getting ready, they were, uh, you know, they had all the plagues to take place, so they're out there, and Pharaoh goes, go get them, they're not going to get away, and so they're out there, and they hear the chariots coming, and it's kind of like the roles were reversed here, you know, the children of Israel hear the, 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 the chariots coming, and they begin to get afraid, and it says, as Pharaoh approached the people, uh, this is uh, Exodus 14, 10 through 16, as the Pharaoh, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up in panic, and they saw the Egyptians overtaking them, and they cried to the Lord, and they said to Moses. And they cried to the Lord, and they said to Moses. Isn't that kind of funny? They cried to the Lord, Moses. So they're talking to Moses, but they're really telling God off. They were saying, why did you bring us out here in the wilderness to die? Weren't there enough graves in Egypt? Uh, what have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? We didn't, didn't we tell you what would happen if we still left Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to Egypt. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. You know, that might not be our conversation. That might not be our words. But in many ways, it's like, dude, why would I want to kick a lying dog? You know, if I step up and I begin to push against this thing, it's liable to push back. Whatever this is in our life, well, it's liable to push back. It's liable to push over. It's liable to push out of your way. God wants us to push back. And there's some of us that have that have put our have gotten ourselves into situations where it's like, you know, man, let's don't, let's don't stir it up, man. Last time I last time I pushed and kicked on this thing, man, it it gave me a whooping. It really came after me. You know what I say? If you go back in and stay where you are, if you go backwards, it isn't going to be any good. If you stay here, you're stuck. This isn't living. So you know what we might need to do? We might need to go kick a lion dog. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about situations. We got to do. Something And so let's go on. Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the rescue today. The Egyptians you see, you will never see them again. The Lord uh, himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Then the Lord said, uh, then the Lord said to Moses, that, okay, then the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying to me, man? Read it for yourself. Then the Lord says to Moses, after all this conversation is going on, then the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying to me? Get moving. Read it for yourself. Why are you crying to me? The Lord says, why are you crying to me? Get moving. I believe that's what the Lord's saying to us today. Why are you crying to me about this? Why are you, because the thing is, is, I've done everything I know to do, and I have made a way, and I will go with you, and I will not abandon you, and I will not leave you. Why are you crying to me? Oh, God, can you do something to heal my body? I did. 
Do what you're supposed to do. Pray the prayer of faith. Have somebody lay hands on you. Put oil on your head. Confess your sins and pray for one another that you can be healed. My finances are in a mess. Well, give, and it will be given back. Press down, shaking together, and running over. Oh, God, I just need you to do something. He already has. He already has. He already has. I want him to do something else. No. He's done everything he needs to do. And now the ball is in our court. I heard this little illustration, and I'll finish this morning. Little boy, and you've heard this story, little boy. Uh, in church, he's standing up. He's, he's, well, the message is going on, and he stands up. By the way, I have a new grandson. <laughs> I didn't say that at the beginning. <laughs> Not that I don't love him. I love him like crazy. But I was ready to preach. So basically, the little boy's standing up. He's standing up in church. And, he's, you know, and his mom says, sit down. You've heard this, but let me finish. Mom says, sit down. He looks at her. She says, sit down. She said, I told you to sit down. And she reaches over on top of his head, and she pushes him down on his seat. And he's sitting there, and he says, and you know, he says, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. We need to learn to let the inside dictate to the outside, church. See, some of us, we might be sick on the outside, but on the inside, are you sick? Are you sick in your heart? Are you sick? Do you not have any faith in your heart? I believe that God sent his word. I am the healed of the Lord. You need to, yeah, I might be sick on the outside, but I'm healed on the inside, and it's working its way out. I might be financially challenged on the outside, but on the inside, I am rich. I am blessed coming and going. Oh, I might be having struggles, and and I might be fighting through depression and, and oppression, but on the inside, I've got the joy of the Lord inside of me. See, the thing is, is we, 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 have to, we have to make sure that what's on the inside is alive and well because the outside is going to follow what's going on on the inside. And see, some of us, we would rather, I'm just going to wait on the Lord. And the Lord wants us to let what's on the inside respond to the word of God, respond to the word of God, respond to what God is saying. The outside Always becomes like the inside. Always. Always. First John 4 verse 4. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is him that's living inside of you than him that's in the world. Greater. If we have the spirit of God living inside of us, the greater one lives inside of us. So that's why I'm going to just sit over here and wait. The greater one wants to help us to get up and to begin to move. Begin to respond to the word. Respond to what God says. This morning, here's what I want to do. I want to take a minute and I want to pray because, man, from one side of this room to the other, I'm sure everybody's got situations in our life where we might feel like we're a little stuck or we're real stuck or whatever. I believe God wants to tell us the steps to take. I can't, but I believe he does. He's got something for you and me that he wants to lead us into. I walked into salvation. It didn't come to me. And the, the message came to me. But I didn't go, oh, yeah, bring me salvation, forgive my sin. You know what? I had to get up. I walked down an aisle. Man, it was a long aisle. It seemed like it was a mile and a half long that day. But you know what? I wanted something. I was going to walk it. And I walked down that aisle. And I stood there. And I prayed the prayer that I talked to you about here earlier. There have been times that I want healing. But it's like, I feel, oh, I'm just too sick to pray. I am never too sick to pray. 
I might be too sick. I'm, I'm never too sick to complain. I'm never too sick to moan and groan. We've got to get to the point where the inside tells the outside the way it's going to be. It tells the outside. Let me pray. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you that you're the God of deliverance, the God of salvation, the God that makes a way. God, you will build a window. You will put a window where there is no window just so you can open it if we will do what you tell us to do, if we will put you to the test with our money, if we will put, put ourselves in a position where we're, we're, we're doing what you tell us to do, if we will get up from our situation that we feel like there's no way out, there's no way through, you will you'll go with us, Lord. You don't abandon us. God, I thank you for your kindness, your goodness. I thank you, Father, that today, Lord, even as we have taken the days and fasted, even as we have come this morning and praised you and we have heard the word, God, I pray specific direction, Lord, specific instruction to every heart, to every life, God. I believe today's a day of breakthrough. Today's a day where things are being lifted and things are being broken, where things are being released and things are being removed, God. But, Lord, I don't want us just to sit here. I don't want us just to sit in it. Lord, I want us to move. I want us to get up and move forward, move out of it. Lord, thank you this morning. Thank you for every person, every heart, every life, every person that's here. God, let this word find good soil. And don't let it just be a 6.2 on the scale. Could have been better, could have been worse. Lord, your word is good. Your word is alive. Your word is true, God. And I thank you today, Lord, that if we will take your word and we will begin to act on it, God, our lives break through. There's breakthrough in Jesus' name. Now, just keep your head bowed. You know, maybe you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life. Well, let me read this verse to you again, to every person here. The Bible says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's how simple it is. If you will openly declare, that means that you're going to have to open your mouth and say it. You can't just sit back and go, well, everybody ought to know I believe. you got to say it. you got to open your mouth and you got to say the words and then you got to begin to declare it. Declaring it is not just declaring it to the mirror. That's a good place to do it. But we've got to begin to declare it to others to our loved ones, to our family members in a kind, gentle way. And when we begin to do that, I believe that God not only begins to break things off of our life, He begins to connect things in other people's lives. And the Spirit of God begins to draw on the hearts of others. And you might say, well, I've been saved for 40 years. Why would I want to start confessing it? Because people need to know where your faith is. People need to know where your hope is. Let's pray together.